Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The NFL Draft is now officially open. Oh, we are right in the middle of draft season here. John Schmoke, Tony Pauline, welcome. If you like the podcast, you want good draft info, make sure you go subscribe to Draft Season on your favorite podcast platform. You can also find it on the Giants mobile app and at Giants.com slash podcast. But remember, this is not a Giants podcast. This is a draft podcast. We cover everything. And, Tony, this is when things start to get a little bit serious. We've had free agency, so all these mock drafts that took place before now were all kind of, let's be honest, a waste of time. And now we kind of really know what team needs are and teams really start figuring out what they're going to do do in the draft. So this is when you can kind of start listening to the whispers and you're having the pro day circuit begin. So that's going down. This is really when things are going to pick up now in the next five to six weeks leading up into the draft. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we're coming out of the combine free agency is the major part of free agency is over. You have the, uh, we got the pro days now. You're seeing who's looking good. Your information is now starting to creep out about some of the medicals on some of the players at the combine. You'll start to hear some of the information about the interviews. So what happens now is, you know, scouts travel around the nation for the pro days. You have the owners meetings uh, next week, the week, the two weeks before the draft, the the scouts and everybody will get together at their home, uh, their, their their headquarters. They will assemble their draft board. And then it's just wait for draft day. But yeah, this is, you're really basically just fine tuning here. You know, the major part of the work has been done, but you're fine tuning and you're wondering whether these guys are going to fit your system, whether they're going to be good fits for your offense or for your defense moving forward. Yeah. No question about it. And Tony, the pro day circuit as well. And let's start there. And then we're going to get into basically how the team needs for a lot of these teams have changed. Uh, because now that we have free agency, we know they've filled some holes and we'll know really what teams will be looking for into the draft. So that'll be most of the show. We'll go through every team that has has picks here um, in the first round. We'll talk about their needs. And then Tony maybe give some options with guys that could be available when they pick and uh, who those teams might select uh, in the draft. So, uh, but first, Georgia's Pro Day, Tony. That was really the big one we had. And more Jalen Carter news coming out. Uh, he pleaded no contest to the charges. It doesn't sound like there's going to be anything else that's going to come down. Then at the pro day, he apparently had gained nine pounds since the combine in a span of two weeks, which I've gained a lot of weight in my day. I'm not sure I've ever put nine pounds on, on in, in two weeks. And then his workout was a little bit sluggish. So give me the overall update on, on Carter and then overall what else you saw at the Georgia pro day. Well, what happened was uh, he actually pleaded no contest after the pro day. I, I believe that was correct. The, yeah, yeah, it was after the pro day. That's that correct, was the yes. chronological part of it, and, and that's a good thing because that basically, as we said all along, 
that legal issue had to be resolved before the draft. And it looks like it's 99% uh, resolved. Now, you said he looked sluggish during the pro day workout. That's a compliment because he was a disaster. He was nine pounds heavier. He couldn't finish the workout. I, I was talking to people that said he was constantly bent over, gasping for air. Not a good look. Now, the guy has gone through a lot, you know, and it's, you know, a lot of people would, you know, would basically react in different ways. He reacted by gaining weight. We'll see what happens. There's going to have to be another pro day. There's going to have to be, you know, something where, you know, teams are going to interview him, find out, you know, about the lying to the police and why he was shifting his story. A lot has to be played out. But the fact is this, the Chicago Bears didn't like him enough that they traded out of that first pick and, and moved down to nine. So, you know, obviously his stock has dropped. How far do you think are, are we talking here, Tony, in terms of a drop? I think right now, the way you're looking at it with the weight gain, with the terrible workout, you're probably looking anywhere from eight to 12. I think if he gets it back together and he he shows up in another workout and he's in the 320 pound range and he shows the athleticism in the drills and, and, he, and he tests well, I think you're looking at top nine. No doubt about it. All right. Now let's kind of run through these team needs here, Tony, and uh, we'll, we'll roll through them and, and we'll see where we wind up with a lot of these teams. Obviously, we talked about it a couple shows ago. Maybe it was last show, even uh, the big Carolina Panthers trade moving up with the Bears and the number one overall pick in the draft. And obviously, they're going to take a quarterback there. But I think it's interesting that they went out and they signed Andy Dalton who is still a solid, serviceable guy. You can plug in as your starting quarterback. Uh, he got the Saints to nearly 500 last year. He's still a good quarterback. And, you know, we talked about when they're calculating who they select there, whether or not they're going to require that player to start right away. Now with Andy Dalton in the fold, that quarterback doesn't have to start right away. So I wonder if maybe selecting more of a project like an Anthony Richardson, like a Will Levis, um, might be more in the cards now that they've added Andy Dalton. They're going with, you know, guys that are more ready, like a CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I don't think so. First of all, I, I haven't heard Will Levis's name mentioned at all uh, with the first pick of the draft with the Carolina Panthers. I, I think they're going to take the quarterback that they feel is best for them. Listen, you getting a veteran grizzled quarterback in the mix was a necessity. The New York Jets didn't do that with Zach Wilson after they drafted him. He went through camp without veteran leadership. We see the end result. So regardless of who your quarterback is going to take, a, a veteran like Andy Dalton, that's been through the ringer, that knows his way around the league, was going to be a necessity. I don't think the Andy Dalton signing has a, has any effect on which quarterback they're going to select with that first choice. Got it. Panthers also have been need a wide receiver now that they move DJ Moore. That's not going to be the pick at one, obviously, but later on in the draft, it'll something they might look at. All right, Houston Texans, Tony, um, they do re-sign Laramie Tunsil. <laughs> they can still use some help on the interior offensive line um, and wide receiver. Uh, they have two picks in the first round, and, and we'll get to 12. Obviously, they'll be looking quarterback at two. Have you heard anything in terms of which quarterback they may, might be uh, considering and hoping falls to them at the second overall spot? I mean, not as of yet. Obviously, they got to wait and see what Carolina does. I still think Bryce Young will be the favorite there. I think signing Laramie Tunzel is a major step for whatever quarterback they're going to select. Uh, I still believe it's going to be Bryce Young. Yeah, they bring in Robert Woods, Jimmy Ward to help the D'Amico Ryan's defense there. Sheldon Rankin's a good defensive lineman, Case Keenum, as that veteran to help mentor whomever uh, young draft pick 
they select. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals, Tony. They're in a bit of a rebuilding process. New coach, no GM. Uh, they're starting quarterback, obviously. Who knows when he's going to be healthy this year. Uh, they re-sign Will Hernandez, Kelvin Beecham. They bring Kaiser White in from the Eagles. They lose Zach Allen and Byron Murphy. And, and Tony, for Cardinals defense that was already kind of in shambles last year, they lose one of the best defensive linemen, if not their best defensive linemen. They lose a good secondary player in Byron Murphy. Boy, can I list every defensive player here as a need? And is it as obvious as it seems that if they stick here, it's Will Anderson? And you also wonder if they're going to try to auction this pick off. If they move down, I don't think it's going to be very much. I mean, the question is, does Indianapolis want to move up to ensure that, you know, uh, that they get a quarterback? Uh, the fact is, is how much do they like Will Anderson? I mean, if they are in love with Will Anderson, you stay where you're at, you, you select him, and you get a great prospect. You know, everybody talks about the quarterbacks, but we forget what a tremendous defensive player, what a tremendous defensive prospect uh, Will Anderson is. And he immediately helps that entire defense. You talk about the needs in the secondary. Well, you know, in large part, you help your secondary by getting an outstanding pass rush, which Will Anderson will provide. Do you think there's any chance one of the corners go this high? I would be shocked if any of the corners I, – I, I like Christian Gonzalez. I don't have him rated nearly as high as Will Anderson. I would be shocked if any of the corners are selected this high over Will Anderson. All right, Colts at pick number four. Also, you know, basically in, in a new regime, rebuilding process, they lose Bobby Okereke to the Giants. Quarterback uh, Brandon Faison moves on as well. They bring Samson Ebukan in, Taven Bryan, um, EJ Speed, more of a special teamer. And then uh, Ashton Doolin, the wide receiver, also signed there. You know, Tony, we know the Colts are going to go quarterback here. I think the biggest question with them is whether or not they decide to move up one spot or not. I guess, I, you know, the thing is this, you got to remember, you know, the Colts new head coach had success, great success with the quarterback that was selected late in round two. Right. So, you know, you, you got to wonder is, you know, are they with Chris Ballard there and Chris Ballard's not made good choices at the quarterback position. That's really been his albatross, if you will, uh, his kryptonite, if you will. Uh, you know, I think they're going to take a quarterback. I don't think I, I think there's going to be some discussion there as to, you know, maybe we'll wait to round two and get, and get a guy uh, later on. Dorian Thompson Robinson is someone who's moving up draft boards. <laughs> He's a lot like Jalen Hurts. So wonder if the uh, if the head coach kind of sees that comparison there. Uh, I, I mean, you would think it's it's a quarterback. Right. But I, I mean, does Anthony Richardson go here because. He, he likes those more nimble, agile guys that can also make plays with their legs and make plays outside the pocket with ease. How about Hendon Hooker as a potential second rounder? Hendon Hooker, possibly. Hey, listen, I've talked about Hendon Hooker. I mean, I, I think he's going to be one of the steals uh, at the quarterback position because he was a guy who's on the rise. He's a guy who's been playing better and better, had a terrific season. And, uh, you know, he's going to be forced to sit on the sidelines for a year because of that knee injury. He probably doesn't you know, does not like the situation, but I think it's going to benefit him two or three years down the road. No, I'm with you 100%. All right, let's move on to the next team here. We have the Seattle Seahawks at number five, and they added a couple guys in free agency, Tony, to, to help that defensive line, Jaron Reed um, and Draymond Jones, two kind of interior guys. But, look, we know Pete Carroll likes to have guys up front that can get after the quarterback. I still think they can use some help. Um, at linebacker on the outside, uh, they lose a couple running backs in Travis Homer and Rashad Penny. They could use another corner. We know they had the two rookies that had a lot of success last year um, in Bryant and uh, Woolen. Where do you think Seattle looks here? I think we're probably still thinking defensive front here at number five, no? 
Yeah, I would agree. Either uh, Tyree Wilson or Miles Murphy makes the most sense here because those are athletic guys. You can play them out of a three-point stance. You can stand them over tackle. You can move them around. Got to wonder about Tyree Wilson's health or what they think about his health. Don't know if he's going to work out before the uh, draft. Uh, I absolutely think it's going to be a pass rusher with Pete Carroll, former defensive coordinator, earned his chops on, on that side of the ball. Uh, I think that's the way they go. And remember, they've got two first-round choices. Now, you talk about Tyree Wilson. I've heard some people whisper that he might be maybe on some boards ahead of Will Anderson. Have you heard that as well, Tony? I have not heard that at all. And I, that that would surprise me. I mean, Tyree Wilson is a real good player. He's got great film. But Will Anderson was dominant for three years. Dominant for three years. I happen to agree with you, by the way. But I have heard people have fallen in love with some of the traits there. And again, we'll see if he does work out before the draft. All right, Lions at six, Tony. These are one of the teams, much like the Texans, who select early and have a second first-round pick later on. We'll get to that second pick when we get there. Uh, they were very busy in free agency, the Lions, after having a good year last year, just missing the playoffs. They bring in Cam Sutton, the cornerback. David Montgomery replaces Jamal Williams at running back. Uh, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley as well. They did need help in the secondary. Alex Anzalone, middle linebacker. I mentioned they lost Jamal Williams. They also lost uh, safety to Sean Elliott. They still have DJ Chark out there as a free agent. Uh, they lose Mike Hughes as a cornerback as well. He just signed with somewhere else. So, you know, I would think, Tony, that Detroit is probably still looking defensive here, probably up front, I would think, to, to you know, help Hutchinson, help Aline McNeil up there. And I also wonder if they could still try to maybe try to find a weapon in the passing game. Uh, you know, I think this is where the Jalen Carter watch starts. You know, it, you know, does Detroit pull the trigger on him? They took Aiden Hutchinson last year, a lot of success there. You talk about the needs on the defensive line. I don't think cornerback is out of the question. I think a guy like Christian Gonzalez could well go here to really fortify that uh, uh, that secondary. I don't think, a I don't think it's going to be a receiver. I absolutely don't think it's going to be a quarterback, as some people project. Yeah, again, I think this is where you start the the, the Jalen Carter watch. Who's let's say Wilson and Anderson are both gone, Tony. How big of a gap is it for you from those two guys to the next guy in that edge rusher, you know, defensive end category of Miles Murphy? Huge. I mean, the next guy on my board would be BJ Ojolari. And, you know, looking at this, he's way down towards the end of round one. So uh, although he is my 20th uh, selection, or my 20th rated player, you know, he he is more, you're looking at a late first round choice as far as Ojolari is concerned. There was a big drop off at, at both the defensive end and the defensive tackle position. You have Murphy and Wilson fairly close, though, in, in your rankings. I do. I mean, I'm going to have to go back. Like you said, this is the time where it gets really serious yep. almost done with all my film work and then i'll go back and watch murphy again because i have him highly rated to see if maybe i'm missing something absolutely who, all murphy, right. murphy who also hasn't worked out uh for scouts because he's injured as well correct he did not do anything at the combine and he did not do anything at clemson pro day um, have they said is he gonna have like his own personal pro day closer to the draft have they said that tony uh, i've heard probably somewhere in the middle of april Okay, and that'll be important for him, obviously, to show teams what he can do. He is a very good athlete. All right, Raiders at number seven. We know they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. They bring in Jacoby Myers. Uh, they send out, or they let walk Derek Carr. They trade Waller to the New York Giants, the tight end. They lose him. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, Jared Stidham also leaving um, as free agents. Uh, Matt Collins signed somewhere else, too. So the Raiders now, Tony, take a look at what they have. Their defense was a disaster last year. Look, they need to improve that side of the ball. Uh, pick your position, you know, corner, 
defensive front, linebacker. I mean, they could pretty much use help everywhere. I think they can also probably use some help on the offensive line to protect Jimmy Garoppolo, who was injury prone. And they also probably need a long-term quarterback because that Jimmy Garoppolo contract is could really just be a one-year deal based on how it's structured, based on reports that are out there. So I, I think they have a this is really a best player available type of deal. And I wouldn't be shocked if they just decided, look, we're going to take the best quarterback left and, you know, Josh McDaniels is going to try to develop him. Wouldn't surprise me because of the name you just mentioned, Josh McDaniels, you know, who, who probably, I mean, would probably want to go in that direction. I think uh, Paris Johnson uh, would be a consideration here. I think if Christian Gonzalez is available, he's got to be a consideration here. They can go in a variety of ways. And I think it's a, in a situation where they will just let the draft come to them. And as you said, they'll look at best player available and they'll have a, a choice or they'll have a pick of a number of good players. I am okay. leaning towards Paris Johnson here. I'll tell you that. He's your number one offensive tackle right now? Hands down. Absolutely. Not close. Uh, um, I mean, I have him rated uh, pretty significantly higher than uh, Skronsky. All right, Atlanta Falcons. I, 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 and Broderick Jones, I should say, because I've uh, I've actually have Broderick Jones rated higher than Skronsky right now. As a tackle, you'd have Skronsky higher as a guard, obviously. Exactly. Okay. Atlanta Falcons picking number eight. Uh, they bring Jesse Bates in to kind of quarterback their defense. Uh, Kayla McGarry returns at tackle. Uh, Teller Heineke is brought in at quarterback. They lose Isaiah Oliver, the corner. So I guess the question now, Tony, is do the Falcons pull the trigger on a quarterback? Is a quarterback left? when they select here number eight, or do they continue to try to find that edge rusher, which has kind of really eluded them for the better part of 10 years. They've been trying to find a pass rusher and they haven't been able to find one. Yeah. I guess it's what does Arthur Smith believe believe in Desmond Ritter? I I mean, that's uh, you know, as a quarterback that you're getting here going to be that much better than Desmond Ritter is going to be that need that much less work. I think offensive line is still a consideration here. I think anybody on defense, I think, you know, the, the Falcons for years were a team that was in desperate search of a uh, of a safety. Every mock draft every year, you'd have them taking a safety in the first or second round. They obviously have seen or have seemingly figured out that position. Uh, I, I think offensive line is also would also have to be a serious yep. consideration here. Uh, you know, uh, would they take a, a Broderick Jones here? Is this too early for Broderick Jones? It is on my board. At one point in time, I had them taking Skronsky. You know, because they also need some interior guys. So, again, like the Raiders, I think that they will just let the draft come to them, and then they will go with best player available. I'd be very surprised if it's a quarterback at this at this spot. Based on how the Falcons like to play, Skaronsky seems like a very good fit, Tony. They want to do that power run game the way Arthur Smith played in Tennessee. That would play to his strengths. That would, that would not surprise me here uh, at all. Chicago Bears, we mentioned they traded down with the Panthers from the first overall pick to the ninth pick. Um, look, Justin Fields are committed to him. They've got a nice little receiver core now after acquiring DJ Moore uh, with Moody, uh, Mooney rather, and um, Chase Claypool, Cole Komet at tight end. Uh, they add some defensive players in the offseasons, two linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, a very good unit there, an edge rusher and Demarcus Walker. But to me, Tony, they still have a lot of needs up front on defense, defensive tackle, defensive end, edge rusher, however you want to phrase that. And they could probably use an offensive tackle as well in this spot the way I see it. Yeah, you know, you better be able to protect Justin Fields. I, I mean, you obviously are rolling the dice, and Justin Fields is going to be your guy moving forward. Uh, I think they need a major upgrade at left tackle. If Paris Johnson is still available, I think that's a no-brainer. If Paris Johnson is not available, do they go with Broderick Jones? Do they think that Broderick Jones, you know, is is 
worth this slot? Should he go this early with the ninth pick of the draft? Roderick Jones, a lot of people like him. You know, his measurements kind of calmed a lot of people uh, at, at the senior bowl with his height and his arm length. He's a super athletic guy. I mean, a super athletic guy. Uh, he's just, you know, he doesn't have a lot of a big body work as a redshirt sophomore. It's only going to improve as he physically matures and gets stronger. So I think, you know, with the investments that they have made and they basically, the seemingly dedication or, or it's all, all, everything's moving forward uh, with Justin Fields, you better be able to protect them. Eagles at number 10, went to the Super Bowl, embarrassment of riches. They figure out a way to bring back Brandon Graham. They figure out a way to bring back Fletcher Cox. They figure out a way to bring back James Bradbury. They figure out a way to bring back Darius Slay. Uh, they lose both their inside linebackers. They lose uh, both their safeties as well uh, with uh, Epson Gardner-Johnson. Uh, they lose Andre Dillard, who was depth for them at, uh, at offensive tackle. Javon Hargrave out the door. They're very talented defensive tackle. But this is still a very talented team, Tony. And look, the Eagles love to trade down and pick up picks in futures years. That would not surprise me here. Norwood, by the way, if Jalen Carter is on the board, they want to get him in that room with Fletcher Cox and have him learn from, you know, one of the best defensive tackles in the last 10 years. But, you know, do they, could they consider running back here? Like, would B. John Robinson be a ridiculous choice for them? They lost Miles Sanders in free agency. Could that be somewhere they look? I could see the Eagles doing a lot of different things. All I know is that Howie Roseman is going to figure out a way to maximize the value of this selection. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you thought before free agency, this is going to be a cornerback. This yep. is where the cornerback was going to go. Ah, they don't need a cornerback anymore. They may still take one for, you know, long term. What you say makes sense about uh, Jalen Carter. Bijan Robinson, that's really not Howie Roseman's sort of, you know, MO. He takes the running backs later on. But yep. the fact is this is, you have all these picks. You don't have that much room on your roster, on your depth chart for these picks. So at some point in time, you've got to take, you know, uh, the player that's going to fit a need and he's still an outstanding player. I mean, Bijan Robinson at 13 is still good value. As far as my board's concerned, he's a top five player. I could see them taking Bijan Robinson only because, you know, you're at the point where your depth, your depth chart, your roster is saturated with talent and only a few guys from this draft is actually going to make the roster. As you said, I mean, he could trade uh, down for future picks because uh, as these guys get older, as these guys go elsewhere to get bigger contracts, he could fill in those slots with those future picks. And you're right, Robinson, This would that would not be a, a, a Roseman type of pick. And they love to also future-proof. Like, they picked Cam Jurgens while Kelsey right. was still there. They picked... Uh, Jordan Davis last year while they still had Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. So they try to future proof and, and look ahead. So that, that type of move wouldn't surprise me either. All right. Tennessee Titans at 11, Tony, their offensive line is kind of falling apart. They yeah. still have Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill on their roster. So maybe it's not as much of a rebuild as some people might've predicted. I, I think offensive line here, if Skaronsky's there, this feels yeah. like a, a good landing spot for him. I think they could use some help around Traylon Burks at wide receiver. Uh, and that, to me, uh, are the two spots that I think Tennessee would probably need to focus on to pick 11. Yeah, if you're going to take a receiver here, it's going to be a speed guy. It's got to be a, a Jalen Hyatt type guy, but I think it's got to be offensive line. Whichever offensive lineman's still on the board, if they're lucky, they have their pick of two. I think Skronsky works on the inside. I think Broderick Jones works at left tackle. Uh, you know, you're only Ryan Tannehill's only going to be as good as his protection. And they've got a gaping hole on the left side of that uh, offensive line, which has got to be filled quickly. All right. We talked about the Texans at number two. So just very quickly, Tony, they picked the quarterback at two. Uh, let's assume 
Now, they did sign Robert Woods in free agency, but then they traded Brandon Cooks to the Cowboys. So I got to imagine that they're going to be either looking for interior offensive line help here. And again, we've mentioned Peter Stronsky many times. He would be the guy if he's there that I think could be an option. But I think you want to give your brand new starting quarterback, whomever that is, fast, speedy, reliable targets in the passing game. So I could easily see a receiver being a target here for Houston. I agree. I don't know that they necessarily have to be speedy. They got to be able to get open and catch the ball. And yeah. I think that this reliable is would be a better yeah. word. I think where, or it's either Jackson Smith and the Jigba, maybe Jordan Addison. Uh, I, I do think that this is where the first, uh, unless one of the top offensive linemen uh, happens to fall down and, and they or Skronsky falls down and, and they feel that that's the better pick. I think that this, this is where you're going to see the first receiver off the board. Jets at 13. Let's see if they have this pick. I'm sure the Packers are trying to get it in the Aaron Rodgers trade. The Jets, I'm sure, are trying to hold on to it. And they can kind of just play um, delay ball until after the draft, and then they can figure it out. Uh, obviously, the Aaron Rodgers thing is dominating what the Jets have done and what they're going to do all offseason, Tony. I think to protect the quarterback, you're looking at an offensive lineman here. Or maybe could this be a place where the first tight end goes off the board? Yeah, I'd be shocked because number one, Joe Douglas actually did a real good job last year. You know, we're rebuilding the tight end position with Tyler Conklin yep. with CJ. Nice they they uh, drafted uh, Jeremy Ruckert, and now there's talk about uh, you know bringing in 90 year old Mercedes Lewis to appease uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, if that trade ever gets done. Uh, listen, as I've said all along, the Jets need three potentially four starting offensive linemen. Really, the only good offensive lineman that's coming back is Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be any offensive linemen there. They do sort of need a safety, a, a free safety type. They, they traded for Chuck uh, Chuck Clark in the off in the off season a couple of weeks ago, even though he's more of a strong safety. Uh, I'm not sure there's any value at safety here at 13, right? And I, I mean, I, I thought all along Brian Branch until he ran the four five eight. And I don't think you can take Brian Branch as much as I love him as, as as outstanding of a defensive back that he is. I don't think you can take a four five eight safety at this spot or see if that runs four, five, eight in the 40, it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, this is, this is a perfect place for Joe Douglas to trade down and, and get offensive linemen later on, maybe get a center, something like that. I, I mean, if they sit here at 13, if they have the pick, as you say, and make this selection, you know, it's anybody's guess really. Jet rival, the new England Patriots at 14, Tony, they lose Jacoby Myers to the Raiders as Josh McDaniel tries to create, the Vegas version of the Patriots. They replace him with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, you know, probably a slight downgrade. And I know this is not the Bill Belichick thing. He's going to want to, you know, draft big people in this spot, generally speaking, maybe an offensive lineman, uh, maybe a, a guy in the front on defense. But gosh, if you're trying to get Mac Jones to be a successful NFL quarterback, don't you have to give him a wide receiver here? Or tight end? Is this, is, here's the problem. Is, is you look at the Patriots history, and they've done a great job you know, developing quarterbacks. Everybody talks about Tom Brady. They've had a lot more than Tom Brady that, that they've developed. Jimmy They're Carabas, terrible drafted receivers, though, Tony. They stink awful, at it. Awful. Awful. I, I mean, there was, the, their best receivers are guys that they picked off the free agent uh, 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 free agent list or they signed off the street. They've done a terrible job. Uh, as good of the job as they've done at quarterback, that's how bad they've been at receiver. That's why I would stay away from it. Again, I mean – Let's go with the Jalen Carter watch. If Jalen Carter still happens to be there, if, if, uh, the, if he's there and the Eagles pass on him, you know, would Bill, Bill Belichick take a flyer on him? Seems like a, you know, a perfect uh, perfect matchup. He's definitely, definitely his type of player that he can, uh, you know, he can get the best out of. All right, Packers at 15, Tony. We, the Aaron Rodgers thing still looming over everything. 
But look, even if he's not there, which I'm assuming, I think we all have to assume he's not going to be. They'll figure out a compensation package. You know, you want to put enough around Jordan Love to give him a chance to be successful. So, you know, do you finally add that first-round wide receiver? Or do you think Green Bay could be the spot where the first tight end goes off the board? I could absolutely see them taking Michael Mayer here. I mean, he's a perfect fit. Uh, and he, you know, he is a, you know, an AFC North, uh, an NFC North type of player. You could see that. Uh, what receivers are available, you know, and, and what, you know, what are they going to do with Jordan Love? Are they looking more for downfield guys? Are they looking for right. guys who can separate and underneath coverage? I mean, if, if Jackson Smith or uh, Jordan Addison are still available, I, I think those would be attractive uh, choices as well. Yeah. Michael Mayer just screams future Green Bay Packer to me, to be honest with you. We'll see if that's the direction that they go. All right, Washington Commanders at 16. Tony, I doubt there'll be a quarterback available here for them, though they need a long-term solution there. Um, though I know a lot of people, and, and you know they're big fans of Howell, they're going to give him a chance to start. I like the bringing in Jacoby Brissett. Uh, they bring in Andrew Wiley. They bring in Nick Gates, trying to fortify that offensive line. I still think they need a cornerback. I think this is a really good spot for a corner uh, if one is available here for Washington. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to hold off on them taking a quarterback here. Let's see what Sam Howell does. Remember, I mean, Sam Howell, prior to uh, 2021 season, everyone thought he was going to be a top 10 pick. He did show some good things last year in what was a, you know, not a really good offensive line. We'll see if uh, it, we'll see if they were able to, uh, how how that works out with the players they brought in free agency. I do think the cornerback is here. I mean, if we got one cornerback off the board in, in Christian Gonzalez, you know, maybe Devin Witherspoon, who may or may not run before the combine. We'll have to wait uh, before the uh, draft. I'm sorry. We'll have to wait and see how that happens. Even if he doesn't run, he's a very talented, polished cornerback. Uh, really the the number two corner after uh, Christian Gonzalez in this draft. And I think uh, it'd be good value here. Yeah, Joey Porter is another guy I know a lot of people sure, like exactly. uh, at corner as well. Joey Porter Jr. All right, speaking of Joey Porter, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 17 missed the playoffs last year, but Mike Tomlin continued his over 500 streak, which is really amazing. Um, they signed Larry Ogunjobi, Patrick Peterson, Nate Herbig, the offensive lineman, then linebacker Cole Holcomb. They lost quarterback Cam Sutton, uh, linebacker Robert Spillane. So you look at the Steelers here, Tony. I, I you know, look, Pittsburgh is an old school franchise. To me, they're going to want to get some help up front here for Kenny Pickett. I think you got to protect your quarterback to give him the best chance to succeed. I know they need a corner or two on defense. I wouldn't rule that out. But if you can get one of these offensive tackles, a Broderick Jones, if he's still sitting there, I think the Steelers have got to try to improve that position. I just don't think he's going to be there. I think all three guys are going to be off the board. How about Darno Wright from Tennessee? Little bit. I mean, I know there's been some chatter about that, and he, you know, he is a Steelers type of offensive lineman. I, you know, I, I, it's just a little bit early for my liking. I, I think he's more of a second round guy, second round prospect. I can absolutely see them going defensive tackle here. Brian Brise, uh, you know, if he's available, I think that's a good fit. I know they like Mazzy Smith. Would they take him this early in the middle of round one? He's a tough physical guy, fits that Steelers mold. I think they would go – I think the, there's better value at the defensive tackle spot, which is what they need, than there will be at the offensive line spot. And maybe they come back around round two and get an offensive line. All right, Lions at 18 here, Tony. Now, DJ Chark is still a free agent. He's a guy that I think if they bring him back, maybe they don't need a receiver. If they don't, though, could he be an option here? Could they go tight end to replace TJ Hawkinson, who they traded last year to the Minnesota Vikings? Or are they going to stick to the defensive side of the ball? Well, I, it depends on what they do with their first pick. I mean, if they take a cornerback with that first pick, they're not taking one here. If they take a defensive tackle, maybe they look cornerback here. I think they, they would have to look at receiver. I think tight end, I, I mean, it would be interesting. I, it kind of, you know, 
you, you look at the tight end board. If we assume that Michael Mayer is off the board, you know, you got Luke Musgrave and Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid, who has not worked out yet. He's supposed to work out at Utah Pro Day. But, you know, both of those guys, uh, Musgrave and Kincaid, they play the tight end position like they're a receiver. And I mean, those, both of those guys, especially Kincaid, that is the perfect replacement for TJ Hawkinson, who they lost to, you know, prior to the 2022 season. So I, I think an offensive weapon is absolutely a consideration, especially with Dan Campbell there. Yep. All right, let's go to the Bucks. former tight end, Dan Campbell. Uh, the Bucks, you know, they bring in Baker Mayfield. He's going to compete with Kafka quarterback. Uh, they bring back Jamel Dean. They bring back Levante David. They sign Anthony Nelson. You know, they're kind of a weird team in flux here, Tony. I think if I'm the Bucs, I'm probably looking for some better protection up front. They've had some, you know, deterioration injuries and, and they've lost guys on the offensive line. You know, that to me is a spot they would look here. But to your point, I'm not sure who's going to be left. Right. And then, you know, do you want to try to beef up that defensive line, which has gotten a little bit old? They lost some guys and, you know, then you have the safety position as well. They've lost some guys and some of their guys have, have never uh, have not panned out. And they're also another team that seems to eternally be looking for a safety. You know, again, I, I mean, I like Ryan Branch. I like Ryan Branch, the player. I think he would be good value here, although people say, no, you know, Ryan Branch, you watch the film, you watch the combine position drills. He did an outstanding job. You know, defensive tackle. Again, you know, does Brian Brise fit their, their, that 3-4 alignment? I would say that he does. I think Brian Brise would be a real good choice here. He's an athletic guy, just coming off a bad season for a variety of reasons. At some point in time, you know, once we get past 15, Brian Brise becomes outstanding value. All right, let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. We talked about their needs again, Tony. It depends what they do with that first pick. But again, I think defensive front, interior offensive line, or corner, right? Maybe a wide receiver. I mean, oh, yeah, that it, could be. You know, they could bring another big wide receiver. They're they're an organization that's had, unlike the Patriots. You know, have a lot of success. Uh, you know, uh, developing wide receivers. I mean, if Quentin Johnston's still there, and I expect Quentin Johnston to be available here. I mean, I think that would be an enticing uh, pick for them. That you know, not to take and you know pair him up uh, on that on that uh, in that receiver group. Yeah, Tyler Lockett getting a little bit older as well. Los Angeles Chargers, Tony, they seem to be ever needing help on the offensive line when you look at how they put things together. Uh, they could use help on defense. You know, we don't know how long they've been able to keep their two edge guys in place with their salaries. Um, and then they don't really have a tight end either. So I think the Chargers here, who are a very talented team, they have a really good quarterback. I think this is one of those teams that can classically let the draft come to them and then just draft the best guy. Yeah, and they got to win, and they got to win soon. I mean... You know, when you look at it, Keon White is a perfect fit for them. But do you take Keon White of Georgia Tech this early in the draft? Keon White, uh, last week at Georgia Tech Pro Day, he was he ran his first uh, 40 in the four sevens, and then he pulled up. He didn't run the second one. I mean, it's a good fit uh, for uh, for the uh, for the Chargers here. It's just a matter of do you pull the trigger on a guy like that this early? You know, the Ravens in a tough spot at 22 with the quarterback position in flux. I mean, they have to pick a wide. I mean, you can't trust Rashad Bateman at this point, Tony. He's been hurt too much. I mean, you've got to think about a wide receiver here, don't you? But they also do need a corner because Marcus Peters is still a free agent. You know, every year the draft comes around. Every year you talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Every year you're talking about receiver with them. I mean, yep. in a lot of ways, they're like the, the New England Patriots. I mean, they can't, they, they, they draft receivers in the first round, <coughs> excuse me, and, and they don't uh, develop them. There will be a good receiver there available to them. I mean, if you, you got to assume that Jalen Hyde's still on the board, would they go with Zay Flowers? 
Keishan Booty is going to be there, although he's fallen off after a bit of a disappointing uh, combine. All good receivers. Uh, and, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, are the Ravens able to take a receiver in round one and finally develop that receiver? Let's go to the Vikings at 23, Tony. They bring in Byron Murphy. They re-sign Josh Oliver. They re-sign Garrett Bradbury. They bring in Marcus Davenport, the defensive end from the Saints. They lose Dalvin Tomlinson, their big run stuff and defensive tackle. Uh, they lose Patrick Peterson. They lose Eric Kendricks, two veteran players on their defense. New defensive coordinator there after their defense last year was just terrible. Um, despite signing Byron Murphy, I think they can still use a corner. They lost Alan Thielen, uh, Adam Thielen. They released him. Could they use a wide receiver? Or do they try to replace Eric Kendricks at, at linebacker? I think the Vikings are going a lot of different ways here, too. Yeah, and I think what happens is you got to see which cornerbacks are still available because now you can probably get good value at the cornerback. You know, is Joey Porter still available? I would expect him to be off the board. Deontay Banks of Maryland. This is the area that he's supposed to start to go into. DJ Turner of, of Michigan, who ran that incredible little 40 at the uh, – at the combine, he's a smaller corner, but he's got great ball skills. Cam Smith kind of has fallen off a little bit, but I think you're really going to start to see sort of that second tier of top tier corners, if you will, start to come off the board here. Yeah, I watched Cam Smith the other day. I to me, he's more of like a like an early two than he is a, a mid yeah, one. Would agree. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think this is when you start seeing those guys. Jaguars at 24. Tony, they lose Juwan Taylor. He went to the Chiefs. They lose Arden Key, their edge rusher. Uh, not a ton of ads here. Of course, you have Calvin Ridley coming in from the trade last year. That's a big addition. Uh, Evan Ingram's on a franchise tag at tight end. They try to future-proof that spot. I think offensive tackle here, but again, we've listed that offensive line spot for so many teams, Tony, and I just don't know if the number of players needed to fill those spots are there. Uh, they could use a corner two or a safety. So I think Jacksonville, again, with a good, young, talented roster, this is one of those teams that I think is, is going to try to make a value play here and, and just pick the best player available. You got, you know, it's funny because last year with Doug Peterson, his first year there, you look at their draft, it was primarily defense and they got Trevor Lawrence. You got to think that this year, well, you know, they're going to start to really help that, uh, that, that franchise quarterback they have. But like you said, I mean, the best players available at the spot is either going to be a cornerback or maybe a defensive tackle, which are both needs for the Jaguars. Granted, they got, you know, they got a big need at the uh, right tackle spot. Well, you can maybe get a right tackle. Uh, somewhere around too, but <clears throat> I think it's going to be defense here. Deontay Banks, maybe a Mozzie Smith because they would like some help on the interior of that defensive line. Brian Brise's there. That's also going to be consideration. All right, Tony, New York Giants at 25. They bring in, they bring back Darius Slayton, sign cap Harris Campbell, trade for Dallin Waller. I still think wide receiver is in need. Uh, Bobby Okereke kind of takes linebacker off the board, I think, for them here in this spot. But corner is still a huge need for them. And so is center. Two spots yeah. where I don't know if they know who their starters are at those particular positions in week one. So for me, it's wide receiver, corner, and center where really the the big need spots. And, you know, you can always want to add defensive linemen and big guys up front. But to me, it's the wide receiver, corner, inside linebacker here. Or rather, wide receiver, corner, center here. And I think where you're going to get value is probably at wide receiver and corner. You would assume so, but you know you just made huge investments in your quarterback. You you, you franchise the running back, and you don't have a starting center on the roster. Yeah. You know, in my pre pre combine mock, I had them taking John Michael Schmitz, the center out of Minnesota. I think he's a Giants type of center. I think he fits a need. The question is, and you bring up a good one: How do they rate a guy like John Michael Schmitz, who's going to be off the board if he, if the Giants will take him? There are other teams in round one who could take him. I know the Minnesota Vikings really like him a lot. We should have mentioned that earlier on. He's going to be off the board early in round two. You know, how does he match up on the Giants board compared to maybe 
a Deontay Banks, compared to a Cam Smith, compared to a, uh, you know, a, a Zay Flowers or, or Jalen Hyatt. You know, you, you, you got to look at your board. And I agree with you. You know, if you got to take the player that's rated higher on your board, whether it be the running back or the cornerback, I just think that people are not grading or not rating John Michael Schmitz as highly in the draft Twitter world as he's being thought of inside NFL war rooms. All right, let's go to the Bills at 27, Tony. They just signed uh, Damian Harris, the big running back from the New England Patriots. They give him that power back. Uh, they signed Connor McGovern, uh, the center. That's the Cowboys' Connor McGovern, not the Jets' Connor McGovern. Uh, Deontay Hardy back. Um, they did let go of McKenzie. They're kind of like trick play receiver. Uh, Jordan Poyer they managed to bring back uh, to to put back at safety. That was a big addition. They lose Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker. They have Dawson Knox under contract at tight end, so I'm not sure that's a huge need. You can always go there if you want. I think interior offensive line here, Tony, and the Bills have also just you know made a living of drafting defensive linemen in these spots, and, and I think people also love mocking running backs to the Bills too. That's something else we've seen a lot over the last couple of years. Well, you know, we thought they were going to take Brees, or I didn't really, but a lot of people thought they were going to take Brees Hall. I mean, if Bijan Robinson happens to be there, how can you not take him? I, I mean, he's going to help Josh Allen. He's going to help that offense. He probably helps get that team to the next level. Yeah, there are some needs on, on defense, but again, I mean, and you would like another offensive lineman, but if Jimmy John Robinson is there, in my opinion, it'd be total insanity if the Buffalo Bills passed on him. And by the way, I don't know what I'm doing here. The Bills are 27. I skipped the Dallas Cowboys at 26 oh here, Tony. And, um, and they did a good job of, of bringing back their own guys. Donovan Wilson, Wilson back. Leighton Vander Esch back. Uh, they make two low-value trades, or I would say high-value trades without not a lot going out with uh, Brandon Cooks and then the cornerback from uh, the Patriots and the Colts and his name's on the tip of my tongue and I can't place it. The really good man corner that they got from the Colts. Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Thank you very much. They lose Connor McGovern. Um, They're starting guard and they lose uh, Noah Brown at wide receiver. So I think the Cowboys done a good job kind of protecting themselves from major needs here, Tony. But they lose Dalton Schultz. So I think tight end here could be a real possibility for Dallas. Guard, I think, is a need for them. And look, Cooks is a veteran. I don't know how long he's going to be there. I think they could still try to future-proof that position there at wide receiver. I mean, if Dalton Kincaid or Luke Musgrave are available, that would make the most sense. And I mean, they're similar to what they lost in Schultz in the sense that these guys are even more downfield receivers. You're going to give Dak Prescott another weapon in, in your underneath coverage in, in the middle of the field. Uh, I, I mean, especially Dalton Kincaid, he's a big, sturdy receiver, a big, sturdy receiver at the tight end position, uh, wins out for the ball in, in the crowd. I think I think they would take the tight end before they took the uh, receiver at this spot. And by the way, maybe B. John Robinson for them. They let Ezekiel Elliott go, right? Do they want to try to go there again? Uh, yeah, I think that would be kind position. of tough after they franchise Tony Pollard, though. Yep, I would. I, I agree. I would think it's unlikely, but I have seen Cowboy fans bring that up as a possibility. Jerry Jones loves his running backs. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals at twenty-eight. Uh, again, they sign Orlando Brown. They are trying to move Jonah Williams to right tackle. He is in turn requested a trade. Leo Collins is coming back from injury. So Tony, do they think about offensive line here, either a tackle or guard? And then I think you know they lose Jesse Bates. They lose Von Bell. Could this be? the Brian Branch landing spot as they try to refill that secondary in the defensive backfield. If they think he can play free safety, remember they took Dax Hill last year in the first. That's right. Round. And the Michigan. Uh, yep. And uh, you know, if they, if they feel he can play uh, free safety, I think this is a perfect spot because uh, Branch is a guy 
you know, he, he's a rangy guy. He's got tremendous ball skills. Remember, Brian Branch worked out with the cornerbacks at the combine, which tells you that that's what NFL, that's how highly NFL people think about his uh, his ball skills, his next level ball skills, that he's going to be able to line up over the slot receiver if you use him as safety and he's not going to be a liability. The question is, you know, he's football fast. He's not 40 fast, but does that 485 kind of negate him from certain uh, setups? Uh, you're not going to be able to use him in certain schemes. Uh, I, I do think Branch would be a, a good pick here and it kind of be a, a fill in for Jesse Bates, who they, who they lost. All right, New Orleans State to 29. This is the trade they got in compensation for the Broncos uh, hiring Sean Payton as their head coach. Um, the Broncos, I'm trying to figure out where they got this pick from, but because they wouldn't have picked 29. But anyway, not important. Uh, the it Saints have be, added Derek Carr this offseason, Nathan Shepard, Jamal Williams, uh, Kalen Saunders, a couple defensive linemen there, and Shepard and Saunders. Uh, they lost Andy Dalton, Marcus Davenport, Shai Tuttle, Caden Ellis. So, you know, Tony, the Saints are always interesting. They like to move up and down in the draft a lot. They do move fairly often. I think they can use a guard. Uh, they did bring Michael Thomas back in a restructured contract. I don't know if you could rely on him. Do they pick a wide receiver to help Chris Olave? Or with their defensive line, look, their their stars getting older there. They lost Davenport. I could see them going for one of these defensive linemen or Ed Rushers in this spot too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they got to leave the offensive line alone. Trevor Penning, first-round pick. Andreas Peet, first-round pick. Eric McCoy, early second-round pick. Cesar Ruiz, first-round yep. pick. Ryan Ramchek, first-round pick, you know? Andreas uh, Peet even, too, right? He was a relatively mid-round He was a mid pick, right? First-round pick, yeah. Andreas Peet. Uh, uh, so I, I think you got to leave that position alone because <laughs> you got to you got to figure it out or you got to go in a different direction rather than waste the first-round pick. I think uh, I don't know that BJ Argelari, who's a good edge rusher, would is a good fit for their system. Again, Keon White uh, is somebody you got to, You would have to consider here a very athletic guy who's got you know good size, a real good size for a a, a defensive front, uh, a, a front a defensive lineman and a four man front. Um, you're right. I, I mean, the irony with the with, with the uh, Saints is they signed Derek Carr in the offseason. And this is a position for years and years and years with their first round pick. They're going to take a quarterback here. They're going to take a quarterback here. And they never take a quarterback. We talked about the Eagles at 30, Tony. Um, I can see them moving down here to pick up more draft capital next year. Like they love to do. They can really let the draft come to heat, come to them here and pick who they want to pick. Then the chiefs at 31, you know, they lose Orlando Brown, Tony. They bring in Juwan Taylor, but they also lost Andrew Wiley. So they could probably use another offensive tackle here. If one's on the board and look, they need a wide receiver. Like they have Sky Moore, they have Kadarius Tony, you know, Juju Smith Schuster is no longer there. Miko Hardman. I don't, don't believe as of this recording has signed anywhere. Right. So I think they could really use a wide receiver here. Do they want to try to get Travis Kelsey's original, you know, final replacement at some point too. They lost Frank Clark. Do you want to go edge rusher? I think the chiefs have a lot of good options here in places they could go with 31. Yeah, I mean, would, would it be funny if Jalen Hyatt somehow falls to this oh, spot gosh. and they swipe him <laughs> up? I, I mean, I, I do think that B.J. Ojolari would be a good fit as sort of that smaller one-gap pass rusher uh, coming out of a three-point stance if they if they wanted to use him uh, in that vein, in that role. Uh, offensive tackle, I don't think there's going to be really any offensive tackle. Any offensive tackle, I should say, would be a reach at this point in time. Uh, but, you know, they're, I mean, they, they did take Carl off this last year. Uh, yep. So you got to you got to see how he develops. I don't know if you want to roll the dice and take another pass rusher, uh, offensive tackle, or even a trade down if they if they could do that. But you're right. I mean, I, it would be funny if Jalen Hyatt's there for them, 
and uh, they were able to jump all over them. All right, we're low on time here, Tony. You have the Rams, Dolphins, Broncos, and 49ers as four teams that do not have first-round picks, and the Browns. So I'm going to put a pin in those five teams. Let's touch them on another show where we have a little bit more time. I want to give those teams their due. We will get on those teams in another podcast, maybe next week at the end of the show after we do our pro days. Uh, but before we say goodbye, Tony, give me an idea here of what you'll be keeping your eye on over the next week as these quarterbacks and other players kind of hit their pro days and what you think is going to be most important. Well, I will be at the Ohio State Pro Day tomorrow, so it, it'll be. Uh, we're taping this on Tuesday. I'll be at the Ohio State Pro Day on Wednesday, and they they got a plethora of, of offensive linemen there. And you're going to want to see, you know, with C.J. Stroud, for quarterbacks, the pro days should be a breeze, and it should be a breeze because they're throwing in a facility that they're used to. They're usually throwing to receivers that they've uh, that they're they're used to. I mean, I've been told that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be catching uh, passes. Uh, from C.J. Stroud, so which is kind of unusual that a, a draft ineligible player is going to be uh, catch, be participating in a pro day workout. Um, so it should be a breeze, you know. With C.J. Stroud, you want to see the downfield stuff. You want to see if he can, if he's better throwing, uh, making passes down the field than he was at the combine, which he wasn't all that good at. But we know on film he's very good. It, Will Levis can he make touch? Can he throw the ball with touch, or is he just you know just so hell bent on showing everybody that he can throw the ball eighty yards downfield? Uh, you know, with speed, big deal. You know, can you can you place the receive? Can you place the ball in the receiver's hands on those short outs? But Bryce Young, obviously, we want to see what kind of deep ball he has. Is he able to get the ball downfield with speed? Can he drive the ball? Does he have to put a lot of effort into getting those downfield passes down? You don't want to see that. And obviously, you know, is he when he moves around because they're going to use him in motion, does he lose a lot of speed on his passes? You know, with, with Stroud and, and with Levis, we know they got the physical skills. It's just can they do the little – are they able to complete the little nuances of their position? With Bryce Young, he's got the brains. I mean, he is a cerebral quarterback who understands those nuances. we got we got to wonder about the physical skills. Is he able to make those downfield NFL passes? You remember Mac Jones a couple of years ago? During his pro day workout, those downfield passes were not good. They were dying. The receivers were slowing up in their routes, waiting for the ball to arrive. Bryce Young does not want to have that happen. And then Anthony Richardson will go after we record next week's show. So we'll have a chance to preview that next week. Tony, this was fun, man. Good stuff. Absolutely. This was draft season for Tony Pauline. I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Draft Season. Remember, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please do a five-star positive review if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.